everyone. Welcome back to Relax with Animal Facts. I am Steph Wolf, and today I am going to be learning with you about our furry, scaly, or possibly even slimy friends. And in today's case, it is not going to really fit into any of these categories, but rather it is a feathery friend of ours because we are covering the oh-so-wonderful carrier pigeon. This is a very, very special listener episode dedicated to Kieran, Zoe, and Orion, as well as Egon, who wrote in to the show. I hope that all of you enjoy your very own podcast episode. And I think the only thing that would have made this suggestion any better would be if it were requested by Carrier Pigeon. But we will just have to settle for Instagram. If you want to learn about a particular animal, like Kieran, Zoe, Orion, and Egon did, please feel free to send in your animal request, and you can do that in one of three ways. One is through Instagram, through the handle RelaxWithAnimalFacts. The other is through email, the good old-fashioned way, and that email would be relaxwithanimalfacts at gmail.com. Or, thirdly, you can always send a carrier pigeon, which actually has its advantages, because if I ever do get a podcast suggestion via carrier pigeon, I can tell you that suggestion, I assure you, is going to get top priority. For those of you that just want to get straight to the meat of the facts and you don't want to hear me read your reviews or communicate with you guys, I put a timestamp in the description so that you can know where to skip to to get straight to the meat of the show. But I am going to read a review written by PG801 who wrote in via Apple Podcasts, and PG is writing all the way from the United States of America. And PG801 writes, Hi, I am a newcomer. Well, welcome, PG. I've been listening each night as I go to bed and wake up with all sorts of knowledge about different animals. I love this show. I recently shared it with my son Nate, who lives in Arizona. I'm in Utah, and I have shared the show with about a dozen people. One day, I was looking for a podcast to help me sleep. I said, I wonder if there is a relaxing podcast with animals. And here I am. Thank you for taking the time to do this. And thank you for taking the time to write that review, PG, and for the abundance of kind words in your review. I am glad that what you wanted to search up is 
exactly what this show is about, which is a relaxing podcast with or about animals. And I am so grateful that many of you guys share the show with your friends or your family. Those are things that really help the show grow in addition to leaving reviews like PG801 did. All of you listening and keeping me such great company as we go into different habitats and learn about different animals, that is already a huge gift to me and to the show. And doing that extra stuff, if the show has helped you, is very, very kind of you. And allow me to just say where I got my facts from so that we can go straight into the episode. I got them from asiangeo.com, backtobirds.com, factfile.org, as well as etymonline.com for our weekly etymology of the words of the animals and where they came from. I always leave the links in the description of the podcast so that you guys can go on there and learn even more than what you learned about on this show. This episode would not have been possible without these resources, and I am greatly indebted to each of them. And so now I would like all of you to notice perhaps where you are carrying some tension. It could be in the shoulders, it could be in the head, in the arms. Everybody is different. In my case, it feels more as if it is in the head or the shoulders. So I would like you to do your best with me in relaxing those parts of your body as we go into, or rather onto, the rocky cliffs where the carrier pigeon resides. That sound that you are hearing is that of the English carrier pigeon. And depending on where they are coming from, they might look a little bit different. But I want to start the show off by differentiating two kinds of pigeons that are oftentimes misconstrued as being the same. The one is the carrier pigeon, which is what we are learning about today. And that is a domesticated rock pigeon, which is used to carry messages. While the other pigeon is known as the passenger pigeon. And this was a North American wild pigeon species that went extinct by 1914. So we know that just prior, or during rather, World War I is when this pigeon species, the passenger pigeon, went extinct. And so the animal that we are talking about today is not extinct, it is extant, meaning it is still around today. And the carrier pigeon, it refers to a type of pigeon that was bred from rock pigeons, which was a wild 
breed of pigeon. And one of the main reasons why I believe it is important to cover this particular animal is because of their instrumental role in the carrying and transferring of information during some pretty important times in human history. These pigeons had the uncanny ability to return home after long journeys. So it's not as if you are just sending a pigeon away for a one-way flight, but rather when you book your carrier pigeon's destination, it comes with a return ticket as well. And so the carrier pigeons were originally bred to carry messages from one place to another. And they are the largest variety of pigeons and were trained to carry letters and any necessary small items along with them. And we'll talk about those contexts in which the carrier pigeon was so, so crucial during human events. And of course, while these guys may have been introduced to a more urban and modernized environment, a lot of them loved to spend time on rocky cliffs and areas such as that prior to being used in this service. And let's go over some important history in terms of this awesome animal. The first of which we can call the Pigeon Gram Service. So instead of things like Instagram, you had the Pigeon Gram. And so the Pigeon Gram Service was the first airmail service and it was established in New Zealand in 1896. And these pigeons were used to send posts and letters and things like that, and they called it Pigeon Gram Service. Each pigeon could carry five messages. So there is a lot that could have been said just with one pigeon. The only thing is that I would think they would be a little bit nervous as to whether or not the person that is receiving the message actually receives it. But these guys were used not only because they were fast flyers, which they were, they could fly up to 77.6 miles per hour. For those of us that are in Canada, that is about 123 kilometers an hour. But it wasn't only because they were fast flyers, but they were reliant and reliable flyers. They didn't only get there quickly, but the important thing is that they got there. And one of their most important roles was in the First World War. So the First World War was from 1914 to 1918 just to give some of you some context, and they were used for carrying messages. So countries like Germany went as far as to hire people to get these carrier pigeons out of the sky so that they can intercept messages and gain intel. 
They were carried in tanks and in boats, and if a boat was attacked and sank, a pigeon could be released with the exact location of the boat that was sinking in the ocean. Often, the people aboard could be saved due to the messages that these pigeons delivered, and they were also used in World War II, which for context was from 1939 to 1945, pigeons were used to transfer messages in Burma and in India. So they were not just used as a postal service in New Zealand, but in some of the most dire circumstances in human history. And Odisha in India was home to the last messaging service that used pigeons. So while New Zealand was one of the first, we see that India was one of the last to discontinue the usage of pigeons as a messaging service. It was discontinued in 2006 after being in use for about 60 years. Pigeons had carried messages daily between all 400 police stations in the state and they were particularly essential in helping stranded people during a cyclone of 1971 and the floods in 1982. And these little birds saved many lives. These pigeons deserve some serious respect because they can be heroes at times. And they go back a lot farther than the 20th century or the 19th century. They go back as far as 2000 BC when they carried messages in Mesopotamia when there were wars. Julius Caesar also used carrier pigeons. And even in the first Olympic Games, pigeons were used. When an athlete won an event, his personal pigeon that he brought on his journey would take the news back home to proclaim his victory. And I think this might be one of the first animals that we're covering on the show that has received medals for acts of extreme bravery. The Dickin Medal, which is a medal that recognizes any animal which has performed an act of extreme bravery during the war, and it was awarded to 32 pigeons. And so when we say that these little birds have a rich history, we are really not kidding. But let's talk about how to identify a carrier pigeon as opposed to any other kind of pigeon, such as the one we covered at the top of the show, which was that of the passenger pigeon, which, remember, is different than the carrier pigeon. And so carrier pigeons have long, slender bodies, unlike the normal pigeons, which tend to be more of a stout sort of stature. For those of you that are unsure what they actually look like and you get some different results on the internet, you can visit the Instagram page 
where on the episode release for this episode is an English carrier pigeon so you can see those long necks. It has been observed that the length of a carrier pigeon is nearly double that of a rock pigeon, meaning that the form of pigeon from which the carrier pigeon was trained and domesticated looks a little bit different. And not only a little bit, but its length is nearly double. And these little guys, or rather these long or big guys, have no feathers below their knees and will have deep red eyes. And remember that these pigeons were bred to be this way. That is why we can see such a drastic difference or such a large difference as being double the length of that bird from which the carrier pigeon was bred from is because they were bred specifically to be this way. Just like we breed certain kinds of dogs, for example, in some being longer, some being shorter, and we can compare sort of the different breeds of dogs like the corgi with its short little legs to that of a great dane or a mastiff of some kind we can have huge variety in the same species and there is another kind of pigeon that is sometimes used interchangeably with that of the carrier pigeon and that is the homing pigeon. And this is probably due to the name bringing something to mind of a picture of a pigeon carrying something, but it is actually not true. Homing pigeons and carrier pigeons are not, in fact, the same. The homing pigeon are bred for their speed, their agility, and their ability to return home. And so I'm going to say this fact one more time because it's something that I think I've heard before, but carrier pigeons are not extinct. That is N-O-T extinct. So while their usage might be extinct as pigeons that carry messages, they are still around today. They are not currently in danger of any extinction, and so that is something that we can be glad for. And let me go over something that I thought was very cool, and that here are some instructions as to how to train your own carrier pigeon. And so if you want to train a pigeon to take flights and then come back home to you, there are a series of simple steps in order for this to happen. Training a pigeon will take a lot of time and patience as well. And so what you would do is have a base location in which your pigeon would return home to, and this would be somewhere that this bird would spend the majority of its time. You would take your pigeon a short distance away and then set it free and it should fly back by itself. 
You can do this a couple of times a week. If you feel your pigeon is returning back, you can gradually increase the distance to a couple miles to five miles, and then you can increase the distance more and more until your pigeon knows where to fly back to. But then comes the more challenging part, and that is the delivering of the message. Because if you had to walk the pigeon out to where you wanted to send your message to all the time, what is the point of having a carrier pigeon if you are the one that is carrying the pigeon to its location and then telling the people yourself? But you would take your pigeon to the second location and feed it there. And then once your pigeon is done eating, it will return back to the home or your base location. And then what they would do is change where the food is. So from your base location to the location to where you want to send your message and they will start to consistently go where you want them to go. And that is something that I always wondered about. How in the world does this pigeon know where it ought to go? But by this description of how to train a carrier pigeon, it would seem that carrier pigeons don't like to have more than one location that they have to remember offhand. So for the sake of consistency, maybe having different pigeons for different locations would be a good thing. So let's go into some quick little facts about the carrier pigeon that I think are super cool. The first one is that a racing pigeon named 306, which is an interesting name, holds the record for the longest pigeon flight by flying 7,200 miles over sea, mountains, and desert from Arras, France to Saigon, Vietnam in 24 days. For those of us that use kilometers, that is about 11,909 kilometers done in 24 days. These pigeons are seriously no joke. And so when I am going on the treadmill for four miles and I can barely catch my breath, the racing pigeon 306 still has 7,196 miles to go before it's done. And that is big respect to these guys. The international news agency Reuters used a fleet of over 45 pigeons to deliver news and stock prices between Brussels and Aiken in 1850. It would take two hours for the 76-mile journey that a train took six hours for, and pigeons were more reliable than the unreliable telegraph service that was established in that day. And so here we see just how fast these pigeons can fly. And it sounds like such a cool time to be getting your news and your stock prices 
via carrier pigeon. If this were a service that were available today, I would not be surprised if they did pretty well in the United States and in Canada, sending a birthday card or something like that, an anniversary gift or Mother's Day gift sent via carrier pigeon has to be one of the best ways to deliver a message to your loved one. So maybe someone will do that or maybe someone is already doing that. I don't know. And in terms of what they eat, they will normally feed on seeds and other sorts of things that we commonly associate with birds. And away from cities, they will feed on sort of waste grain, seeds of different grasses and plants, sometimes berries or acorns. They can even eat some worms or insects. And so they have a pretty large range in terms of diet when they are not in human care. So while we might associate the pigeon in general as a city bird, they do in fact live in the wild as well. And the places that they live in are usually cliffs and maybe farms, some places around cities but they seem really to prefer a cliff setting along coasts and inland mountains and gorges. And so for the final fact of the carrier pigeon, it is the name. Where does the name pigeon come from? Well, the name pigeon first we can see comes from the 14th century word pigeon, which means a dove or a young dove, and as early as the 13th century, we see it being used actually as a surname from the old French pigeon or pigeon. And then we see it going back to some Latin words and late Latin words, ultimately ending up at the word pipire, which means to peep or to chirp, a word of imitative origin. And that is all the way to the third century. So we see here that the pigeon has quite a history, not only in terms of its uses for human beings in tumultuous times, but also has a rich history in terms of its very name. I am very glad that we got to go over an animal that not only is very cool looking, but has a very cool history right alongside us. So thank you again to Kieran, Zoe, Orion, and Egon for writing in and for suggesting this wonderful animal. If any of you want to learn about a particular animal that you think is super cool, please send an email send a message on Instagram to relax with animal facts. I would love to hear what kind of animal you want to learn about. I hope that you all have enjoyed this podcast as much as I did, and I hope that you will join me on the next podcast episode with the next animal. Take care.